that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. All right, gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott, and like you, well, my name is Rico, but I am a Browns fan who has some perspective on things. Let me explain. So are you, you're, you're probably not keeping too much of tabs on free agency because it's the off season and you don't really give a shit too much during off season. You've made that quite clear, but I have, I wish people would, and let me, let me tell you why I'm saying this. So today, as of today, as of this recording, um, the, the interwebs and social media is just charged and buzzing with, the, uh, the, the, the idea that the Browns are trying to trade for Jerry Judy from Denver, right? There is more buzz around this discussion than any of the other um, free agent acquisitions that they've done in the last two weeks. And it's just mind blowing because up until finally everybody got their fucking itch scratched with the wide receiver talk. And up until then, everybody was bitching that Andrew Barry wasn't doing enough to to help the team get better and why can't he just do more well but guys that he signed let's take josh josh dobbs out of it if you take josh dobbs out of it they've signed 12 free agents in the last two weeks think about that scott they've signed 12 free agents in the last two weeks but everybody's saying that andrew barry's not doing enough until now we finally got the wide receiver talk Oh, and now everybody's happy with the free agent discussions because it's a wide receiver, because it's the sexy, buzzworthy wide receiver discussion. I think what we have here is everybody that is a Browns fan and has Neo and is damaged like we are, I think everybody's just used to all the offseason drama and bullshit, and they're just used to that, and they're being normalized to that. And now this offseason, we have a fucking normal offseason where the – where the general manager just fills holes and gets people that they need to fill holes to make the team better. And they're not used to a quiet, normal off season. And so everybody's mind is all discombobulated and everybody's got cognitive dissonance. So I'm, t- I say to all of you misguided people out there, just tap the brakes. They've signed 12, including Josh Dobbs. Now 13 free agents. They've done a lot to make this team better and everybody just needs to tap the brakes and has have some perspective a little bit. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to monopolize the time, but I had to get off, uh, get that off my chest. So what, what is, what are you basing the hype on? Is this just like, uh, just people talking about it on Twitter? Yeah. Right. Like it's, uh, on the radio, 
Everybody's they're talking about it on the radio. It's Twitter is on fire with this jury jury Judy talk. Um, it's because it's a sexy wide receiver. Talking about a wide receiver is is much more appealing than talking about a defensive tackle. And if it's not a wide receiver, hell, man, people were people. There was almost as much Josh Dobbs talk as any of the defensive linemen probably put together. It just irritates me because people are hammering Andrew Barry for not doing enough this offseason, but he signed a fucking dozen people. Like, what else do you want him to do? He has dramatically improved this team in the last two weeks, but people only want to talk about, well, he's not doing anything unless he gets a wide receiver. That's ludicrous. Um, I mean, I, just, I think it's just been a pragmatic offseason, and Browns fans, I think, are accustomed to – splashy off seasons but ultimately that doesn't it's never gotten us anywhere i mean obj was a splashy off season you know um you know there always seems to be these giants kind of like big baller moves the browns make every off season but it's never in 20 some odd years it's never amounted to jack shit there's always you know we're always making some trade and ending up with multiple ones in the first round and you know it's i don't know it's just i'm not bothered by it it just feels pragmatic i'm not paying attention to it i'm i'm rico i used to be one of these guys that paid attention to every fucking thing the browns did and followed it on twitter and couldn't put my phone down i'm so done with that dude i'm just i've i'm I'm through the looking glass on all this. And dare I say, I'm enlightened. Okay. I'm not going to spend my time doing this anymore. It, it, there's no benefit to it. Like I said last week, if you're hearing it on the radio or seeing it on social media, it's because the Browns drive clicks and drive, drive traffic. The Browns drive conversation. The Guardians are going to be playing here very shortly in games that count. The Cavs are going to be in the playoffs for the first time without LeBron, and, and they're playing games that matter. And it doesn't matter because if you're not talking about the Browns and stoking the Browns' flames, people stop paying attention. And so they it is absolutely it's critical that there's constant Browns talk for the you know, sports talk industry and the, you know, um, anything that covers Cleveland sports to keep kind of moving. Um, I don't know, man. I don't have any beef with what Andrew Barry's done. It's just been very pragmatic. It hasn't been flashy, but I think we're all just used to flashy. Deshaun Watson was flashy last year. I mean, it, didn't you get your jollies with that? Isn't that enough flash for one fucking decade of of pulling that off? I mean, and that's what I think. I think people have hangover from the last couple of off seasons, and it's you know what I'm saying. But if you really think about it, every off season the Browns quote win the off season. They do it every year, and even if they don't do it with like player acquisitions, they do it with like draft capital acquisitions. Right? Browns yeah. fans will get just as high on accumulating draft picks and assets as they do trading for OBJ. You know, so even in years when you know they were tanking, we'd be like, oh man, they got three number ones and fifteen number twos and twelve picks in the third round, and you know, and it's like. We just get high on this. And, you know, the big splash was 
Jarvis Landry, then the big splash was OBJ. And, you know, it's just every year there's some big splash that the Browns make in the offseason. There just always is, you know. And where did those big splashes get us? Like nowhere. You can't, make, you can't make a, you can't just crave a big splash just to bear it to be a big splash. There has to be a purpose to it. Think of it in these terms. Like, like you want, an off season like this, you want very low key pragmatic off seasons. That means you're a good football team. You want a draft that doesn't matter. You want a draft that you're not looking up 98 mock drafts for. You want a draft that if you forget to watch the first round, it's okay because nothing's going to happen. Anyways, you want that. That means you have a good football team. If you want every off season to be a big giant splash, like all of these individuals on around the world that are complaining right now want that means your football team sucks splashes are there for teams that suck you want low-key pragmatic to use your word very very vanilla offseason that means you have a good football team and yeah that's what you want the team already has stars <laughs> it, it already does they've already got stars on the roster it's already um it's been really since like 2018, it's been pretty consistently one of the most talented rosters in the league. The the problem with the Cleveland Browns isn't talent. They've been one of the most talented rosters still losing by the way. But so, you know, um, and I, you know, I, I'm, I swear I'm just going to sound like an old man and I really don't give a fuck. But when I was a kid, I can remember. I would have to get the paper in the morning and turn to the sports section. And I would have to literally follow like the little NFL. They'd have like a little beat wire, like AP associated press kind of thing of, you know, little news teeny and notes. column of little blurbs. Yeah. That? News and notes around the <laughs> league. And that would be like the extent that was your rumor mill back then. That was the, uh, that was essentially a Twitter feed and you got to see it once a day. <laughs> and that was it. You know what I mean? That's right. And it, and so you weren't like hanging on everything, right? Um, and the draft wasn't a three-day, you know, Las Vegas spectacular. You know, it wasn't show tunes. It was just the fucking draft. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can remember just listening to the draft on an AM transistor radio. I remember the I remember listening to an AM radio when Bill Belichick drafted Craig Powell at tenth overall. <laughs> you know. And that was only because I was interested. I'd be willing to bet the number of people listening to the AM. I'd be willing to bet those were not stunning ratings, you know? So, yeah, I do kind of hunger for a, th a simpler time with this sort of stuff, which is why I've, I've kind of voluntarily removed myself from watching it because I think so much of it is just noise. And, you know, I see the meme of, like, the stick figure holding the twig, pushing the Browns helmet, you know, do something. I see it, it all the time, right? And like, there's this, I think the Browns to your point have done quite a bit. And I think they have a very, they should have a very, very good football team. It's really going to come down to coaching and whether or not Deshaun Watson can find the himself he used to be. That's really it gang. We could talk about bringing in whoever that's really it. It's just, is Deshaun Watson going to be what he was and can Kevin Stefanski fucking coach this team to be better than seven and 10. That's, that's really it. I mean, there aren't a people, ton of holes on this team. 
all these people have forest tree problems. They they keep looking at the trees. Oh, we you know, and, and but it's exactly what you, we've said this for I don't know how many episodes in a row now. The entire season hinges on two people: the guy calling the plays and the guy taking the snap. That's it, man. None of this other stuff. Ma- yes, do they need a wide receiver? Yeah, they could use another wide receiver. Jesus Christ, it's not the end of the world if they don't get um fucking Jerry Judy. If they get the if they get the guy from Seattle uh who's a thousand years old, who cares? It doesn't matter anyways. Name name a wide receiver other than Juju Smith Suster, who was a top 15 quarterback on Kansas City last year. Nobody. They were all Jags because it all depends on the quarterback. So everybody is getting all of their panties in a bind about these hot, sexy free agency transactions, but it's not going to mean crap if Deshaun Watson sucks. Well, I think part of it is is that fans have never had a franchise quarterback in the modern NFL. The last one we have is Bernie Kosar, and I wouldn't consider the 80s at this point in 2023 to be the modern era. Modern era, let's say post-99, let's say the aughts, right? We haven't had a franchise quarterback. And if you look around the league, a lot of these franchise quarterbacks kind of exist with, I would say, middle-of-the-road talent with, like, one other, like, stud on offense, you know? Um, So, you know, a Travis Kelsey paired with, like, a Patrick Mahomes, right? And then everybody else around them is just kind of jags, and then they just make it – they make it work because the team is just – getting by on Mahomes' sheer talent and the brilliance of Andy Reid, right? And I think that's really kind of the formula. I think that in the in the modern NFL, whenever you have your entire cap consumed by a franchise quarterback, if you were, you know, fortunate enough to have one, that it's going to be up to that quarterback to turn, you know, middle of the draft players into productive NFL talent. You know, there it's gonna it's gonna come from it's all gonna come from your franchise quarterback. So I think this idea, you know, when you have Baker Mayfield, you, you goddamn better well have a stacked roster, right? But I don't think we necessarily I think we have better get used to the fact that what we're gonna see from here on out is probably an attrition happening on the roster where we see kind of some of the 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 stocked talent kind of start to peel away and be replaced with some jags who hopefully Deshaun Watson can elevate the play of. So that's that's kind of the idea, right? And that was going to you, you kind of made my point for me. Everybody is so used to um the Browns needing to have a perfect roster around an in uh, around a, a lack of great quarterback because that's the way you had to do it. When you don't have a quarterback, you have to have a perfect roster around whoever the quarterback is. And we've gone so long without a quarterback that we are so conditioned to just microanalyzing every roster spot and wanting it to be perfect because it had to be because we didn't have the quarterback but guess what when you have a quarterback first of all to your point you're never going to have the money to have a perfect roster around that quarterback and second of all just like you said you're not going to need a perfect roster to, to for the team to be good a great quarterback which is what we all think Deshaun Watson is because his last full year in the league he led the NFL in passing he had 
4,800 yards passing, and he, he was outstanding his last final year in the league. And so we think we have that. And if he really is what he was and what we all want him to be, you don't need a perfect roster. So get that out of your brain because the the, the it's the script is flipped. The script is flipped now. You have the quarterback, so you don't need a perfect roster. And we're all conditioned to wanting the perfect roster because that's the way it had to be. Just yeah, easy, I mean, just perspective. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I mean, so. What's Twitter saying we have to give up to get uh get this kid from Denver? Uh well it depends on who you talk to. So um I think some people feel like you can get Jerry Judy for the second round pick and maybe like a later pick too. So are you willing to uh give up the 42nd pick for Jerry Judy. Other people think you have to throw in a player and a later pick, like a pick swap, like Wyatt Teller or uh, Greg Newsom. Even I've even seen like that, that caliber of a player. So, but you know, depending on who you ask, you know, the, the, the wide receiver market was super uh, bloated last year. Remember how, you know, after Amari Cooper, was stolen from Dallas for a fifth round pick, the gigantic contracts that went out to receivers after that. So a lot of people think that Denver's going to want more than the Browns are willing to pay. But I mean, I don't know, man. It did. It, it, Andrew Barry got Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick. So I have, I mean, just because the internet thinks that he can be had for a second round pick or maybe Wyatt Teller or Greg Newsom in a pick swap, that doesn't mean that that's actually what they want and it doesn't mean that that's actually what andrew berry could get him for so really i only know what other people are talking i don't i'm not insider guy so i don't know but who knows man if it's if it's something that andrew berry can work with then he'll make the deal and if not then he'll go somewhere else he'll get another guy in free agency or they've got the 42nd pick so if the price is too high, then he won't do it. He's really a pragmatic dude. He's not He's not going to overpay for anybody. He just won't. So if it's too high of a cost, he'll just draft somebody with the 42nd pick or he'll trade up or he'll trade down. He'll just do something different. He's not going to overpay for him, and he shouldn't. I mean, well, even if you have to overpay and, like, draft capital i mean there's also like what's the real cost on the cap and what kind of contract is he gonna have and you know and what's the impact and how many years on your team i mean honestly listen uh, the browns would probably be from a really conservative perspective in a perfect world you fill the wide receiver need with that second round pick because you get that individual on a rookie contract that's going to really do no damage to your cap for like four years, right? So um, that's where the Browns need to be. I mean, that's, you know, ultimately. Now, if they if they don't have a problem with, you know, they're going to, if they get this kid and they're going to, you know, be on the hook for a contract for a few years, I don't know what the ins and outs are of it. I'm just spitballing. Then it probably means that that's going to hasten the need to shed some of the existing talent and contracts on the roster. In other words, it's going to come at a cost of not only draft picks, but also 
you know, maybe you don't sign, re-sign Peoples Jones, or maybe Amari Cooper's gone after this year, right? So, I mean, because if this kid becomes like your number one receiver, you know, now you got to start thinking about paying him and money, right? So, so there's, you know, so in a perfect world, they find a number one receiver, a number one receiver, right? With that, in that second round with whatever number that is, 48, 49, whatever you said, because that kid's going to be dirt cheap for almost five years, right? Yeah. I mean, they, a guy like Jerry Judy is a, would be nice to have, not needs to have. It would be nice to have him, but they don't have to have him. I would be completely, I agree with everything you just said. I would be completely happy if they just went and got their wide receiver in the draft. And you had a guy for four years on a rookie contract. You know, I think Tyreek Hill, I could be mistaken on this. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I think he was a third round pick if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, and if, if you can get somebody like that in the second or third round, why wouldn't you do that? Because then you've got somebody of that caliber. You can find really great players in the draft and not have to overpay for them. Like you potentially would have to overpay for this guy for Jerry Judy. So if the price is right, then sure. That's a good pickup. Tyreek Hill. Are you, are you ready for this? Yeah. He was picked number 165 in the fifth round. Okay. Fifth round, not third. Okay. That just proves your point. And <laughs> the, I agree with that. You can easily get somebody in the draft that does exactly what you need him to do. Well, I might not say easily. You have to be able to identify talent. Okay. So the we have what is the draft history of Andrew Barry and what does that history look like at wide receiver? You've got Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz, right? And that's that's it for wide receiver. Am I wrong? Well, you've got uh, David Bell, who was a rookie. Oh, Bell, year. that's right. So, well, that's a good sample size, though. You've got three in, what is it, three years? How many drafts has he had? Two or three? Yeah. So, Well, Sh Schwartz has been a bust so far. Well, how many drafts um, has Barry had now? Three or two? Um, he came in with this. He's had two because I think this kitchen's is his... got fired after 19. Yeah. So this will be his third draft. Yeah. So he's had two and in two yeah. drafts, he's drafted three wide receivers. And what do you think of those wide receivers? And so does that give you any inkling into his eye for wide receiver talent? Well, I think Donovan Peoples Jones is a fine pick. I think he could, he will make. A, a very, very good number two wide receiver. But the problem is he's taken two or three years to develop. And sorry, everybody, everybody feels Kevin Stefanski's on the hot seat. And so they don't have two or three years to develop a wide receiver. They they need to. And you've, you've said this before, which is why you said you'd be willing to take a 30-year-old wide receiver because they need to win right now. And they need to draft somebody right that's going to contribute right away and they can't afford, they don't have time. They've already, they already wasted last year. They don't have another year to waste developing somebody who might contribute two or three years down the road. They're they're They're, they're in their window now and they need to start thinking about winning today and not tomorrow or the next day. Right. People's Jones was drafted in the sixth round in 2020 pick 187. It's a good pickup. 
that is a good ass draft pick right there. When you get that guy in the sixth round, who yeah, in the sixth round, receiver? right? I mean, yeah. that's a that's a good pick. But yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, I mean, given given the how hot the seat is for all involved in Cleveland, it makes sense that they, you know, um, that they have to. Um, uh, they have to fucking win now, which means they don't necessarily have the uh, luxury of developing, you know, talent. So they don't um, have time. They got to expedite this process or else they'll be looking for jobs. I'm conversely, gonna... David Bell. Now, if Donovan Peoples Jones was a sixth round pick and Tyreek Hill was a fifth round, David Bell pick 99 in the third round. Yeah, when David Bell is supposed to be like he's supposed to run routes like Amari Cooper, and he he's supposed to have uh, like hands like Amari Cooper does. Yeah, and then Anthony Schwartz. You want to guess what round he is picked in? Um, I believe Anthony Schwartz. Man, I'm gonna be wrong on this. I think he was a third rounder, wasn't he? He is a third rounder, pick number ninety one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know. He got so Barry got a great value pick with Peoples Jones in the sixth round, and he's the best of those three. And the other two he took in the third round. And you know, well, the the jury's still out a little bit on David Bell. He didn't really have a whole lot of yes. playing time last year, but he this year's going to be his year to to prove to everybody that he was a good pick. This is going to be the year where he's going to get a lot more playing time and he's going to get more balls thrown to him. So but we don't have we don't he can't afford to take two or three years to develop. We got to do it now. I mean, unfortunately, that's where we are right now, right? Don't you think? Yeah, certainly. So it's just kind of interesting to take a kind of a quick glance at that, but and and Schwartz the, the jury probably is out on him. So you would have like one miss, one maybe, and one hit, you know, which is probably what all G what most GMs do, right? It's just a mixed bag. And that's yeah. ultimately what the draft is for most. So with the seat being as hot as it is, it probably makes an argument to go ahead and try to move that second round pick to get a guy that can come in and produce right away. Um, cap be damned, you know, we'll pay the bill tomorrow when the bill comes. In the meantime, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, you, you obviously you, you want to try and not blow your whole wad in, in this off season. You want to try and save a little bit for, for maybe later on or down the road, but you're right. I mean, we've been saying it got to win, man. Got to win. Um, well, excuse me. So I wanted to, we, we texted about this. I want to try and move along a little bit. Um, the Browns just, I really like this. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but because we texted about this, but I did want to get, get your official reaction. So they signed Josh Dobbs as Deshaun Watson's backup. And what we, what I texted you about this, I really, I'm, I'm very happy that he's coming back because for for no other reason than if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, they could run the exact same offense with him as they are going to run with Deshaun Watson because they're similar quarterbacks. They have similar playing style. So he is a good backup for Deshaun Watson because of that reason. I'm really happy that he's coming back. He's, he seems like a good dude. I think everybody liked him, and 
same playing style so they could again so they can run the same offense if they have to yeah i mean symmetry in your quarterback room right i mean it makes it makes sense um yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering, like, well, who were they going to? I thought, well, maybe they'll go after, like, Mariota or something. I wasn't really sure what they were going to do at backup quarterback. You know, this is this is good. It makes sense. Um, glad they brought him back, you know. Um, but beyond that, I don't have, like, a, a hot take on it. It's backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no hot there's no hot take on it. I just – I think it was, again, one of those very pragmatic – good signings that is going to have a positive effect on the team that that is just a very workmanlike signing that is that uh is is good and i like it there's not this big huge buzz like there is with the jerry judy discussion i just think it was a good pickup but you want to know what you brought up that is really super interesting there's no takers on kareem hunt so far yeah you, you, definitely brought that up how do what, what is uh what do you think is the reason behind that nature of the position he's the running backs will be the last people sign the market will shake out and you'll probably be way close to like maybe even training camp before you know you see some of these guys definitely after the draft i think and then maybe you'll see some of them get contracts late he's not going to get the big payday he wanted you know and he, he honestly he didn't play like it last year so um yeah, it's just interesting to me. I, I wonder if they'll get to a point where the price will come down so much to where he just takes a one year with the Browns. But honestly, I think, and I kind of predicted, he'll he'll do the Jarvis Landry where he'll take less to play for another team in hopes that he can be the main back and earn that bigger contract. Um, I just happened to click on NFL.com. One other thought about uh, Judy you know, if the Browns did trade for him, you know Twitter and Browns verse will absolutely go insane and it'll kick the 2023 Browns hype train. It'll throw coal in the back of the train and it'll start just rumbling on the tracks, right? Choo choo. Rico, is it better totally. for the Browns to fly under the radar this year? And I'll say you this and not have that hype train kick into gear. I clicked on NFL.com and today's March 21st. They they just posted today their rankings. Do you want to guess what the Browns their their early power rankings? Do you want to guess what their what their rankings are so far after free agency? This was posted who put, today. Who put this out? NFL.com. Gosh, I'm guessing I'm guessing middle of the pack somewhere. Posted 9 a.m. today. I'm guessing middle of the pack. So number one is the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is, I'll just I'll just read the headline. NFL power rankings. Jets, Dolphins, climb after free agency frenzy. Vikings, Packers, slip. So this is showing the, this is reflecting free agency. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. Two, the Eagles. Three, the Bengals, four, the Bills, five, the Niners, six, Cowboys. I'll just go through the top 10. Seven, Jags, eight, Chargers, nine, Jets, and number 10, the Dolphins. Do you want to know where the Browns are? I'm guessing like 16 to 18 someplace. Lower. Wow, really? Tw uh, higher than 20? Lower. Higher than 25? Yes. Get the? Are you fucking serious? They're 28. 21. 
or 21 after, this is after the 12 free agent signings you were just bragging about they're ranked their power ranking is 21 wow read it read it all right previous rank 21 so they haven't gone up after free agency the browns entered the offseason knowing their defense needed significant reinforcements and they began free agency by aggressively addressing that side of the ball dalvin tomlinson signed a massive deal to fortify the defensive line while former chief safety juan thornhill was imported to improve the back end Double O, I'm not going to attempt his name, signed a three-year deal as a headache-free replacement for Jadavian Clowney. It's a good start. It gives new defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz more to work with than his predecessor, Joe Woods. Bottom line, Cleveland has a generational talent and perennial pro bowler, Miles Garrett. It makes sense to put a premium on building around the team's best player. That's what they say. But I say this to say, I show you this to say, maybe it's best the Browns don't fire up the hype train. And I know in a way I'm advocating for them not making a splashy move, but I kind of like the Browns going into the season power ranked at 21 with the roster they have and the quarterback they have. That feels pretty good to me. The Browns typically, when the eyeballs get on them and the world actually expects them to perform, the Browns usually trip and fall. <laughs> they've shown over the last few years, they've shown zero ability to handle the hype. So if not getting Jerry Judy means that they don't have more of that bullcrap hype that they've got to try and deal with, then, then I agree with you 100% because they so far can't fucking handle it. And so they should do whatever they have to do to fly under the radar to put the pressure on somebody else. Teams they have immediately above the Browns, which at 21 is pretty much the entire league, but right. teams they have immediately in front of them, the Rams at 20, the Packers who just lost Aaron Rodgers ahead of the Browns at 19. So does that tell you where Deshaun Watson's stock is right now? Well, they're saying that Jordan. They're saying that Jordan Love, or I think his name's Jordan Love. They're saying that that dude from the Packers is a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson is. I don't care what they're saying. Deshaun Watson was <laughs> a top five quarterback a couple of years ago. I mean, this is he was a you, number one quarterback a few years ago. But this shows you where his <laughs> stock is at. At it's number in eight, the basement. Good. At number eighteen, they have the Carolina Panthers ahead of the who Browns, don't, who don't even have a quarterback. Right, that's my point. They're going to be drafting their quarterback. So basically, the NFL is saying that the Panthers, with Adam Thielen and a rookie C.J. Stroud, who we all know that Ohio State quarterbacks take a few years to develop into anything, and he's not going to be any different, that that team is better than the Browns with Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb and Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson. That's what they're saying. So to round out the rest of the division, they have the Bengals at three, the Ravens at 13 and the Steelers at 15 and the Browns last in the division again at 21. So Rico, you seem surprised that they were that low. How do you feel about um, what you're seeing here post free agency? I love it. Actually, I thought they were going to be in the mid teens. So they were only about maybe five, five or so spots lower than I thought, but I'm, I couldn't be happier because they, they, the pressure can be on the Bengals and the bills and the Panthers with the rookie quarterback and the Ravens without a quarterback, um, fine, they can have it. I don't want it. 
the Browns can just go about their business and not have all the eyeballs on them because, like I said before, they've proven they can't handle it anyways. So just just enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts because if this year goes the way everybody wants it to, all the fucking hype train and all the eyeballs are going to be right back on them again next offseason. So enjoy this season under the radar while you can. Last in the league, they have the Arizona Cardinals at the bottom of the pile. Jesus, what a what a what a great contract Kyler Murray is, is turning out to be, right? <laughs> they yeah. just gave him that ginormous contract with with the you can't play video games in it and that you have to promise to study 10 hours a week. What a what a big albatross that contract is gonna wind up being. What a train wreck. What a bad decision. And because some Browns fans might be interested, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ranked 24th, oh. previous rank of 23. So they actually fell one spot after signing. Baker <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not because of him. It's because they know how big of a pain in the ass his wife's going to be. Yeah. So they say the Bucks profiled as a team that might be ready to tear it all down after Tom Brady announced his retirement. Instead, the organization looks to keep its veteran core together for another run. Levante David is coming back for his 12th season on a one-year deal, while Mike Evans and Chris Godwin appeared to set to return despite early off-season trade speculation. Tampa signed Baker Mayfield to compete with former second-round pick Kyle Trask. Expect Baker Mayfield to win the job if no other competition enters the picture. Listen, I'm never going to be Tom Brady, Mayfield said during his introductory press conference. I'm going to be me. Uh, good for you, Bake. Good for you. Bake is going to spend the rest of his career being a journeyman head coach killer because he, he killed the Panthers coach. He killed the Browns coach. And he's going to kill their coach, too. So everywhere he he's going to be a space filler is what he's going to spend the rest of his career. I'll be curious to see. And maybe next week, put that number 21 kind of in the back of your brain. And maybe next oh, week I'll sure. pull up this NFL.com and see where the Browns are in the power rankings if they if they rise or fall. And I'll be really curious to see if Lamar Jackson, what happens with that and if the Ravens fall beneath the Browns in their power rankings should they lose Lamar Jackson. I'd be really curious about that because I'm thinking that the Browns' stock is so low that there's literally nothing anyone else in the division can do to fall below the Browns. Yeah, clearly it doesn't matter where Lamar Jackson winds up playing. They are going to be ranked higher than Cleveland. And frankly, I'm really, really okay with that. I really am. I've had enough of the, the the had enough of the hype train. Yeah, I think that's kind of the theme of tonight's podcast, I guess, is like step off the train, get away from the hype, ignore it. The Browns have made pragmatic, sensible moves to improve the roster. Embrace sanity instead of calamity. And that seems to be where the Browns are right now. Boy, and on that note, that is a that is some great words of wisdom for us to say goodbye on so we'll this time next week who knows what's going to happen but we'll certainly have some uh, thoughts about it go browns go browns cleveland browns all day all night